is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Weekender edition of the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton here with Nick Houseman. Uh, we're going to do another installment of Going to the Movies. How about that, Nick? I love it. I always like to go to the movies. I, me too. <laughs> I admit it. I'm sorry. I'm, sh- I'm not ashamed. Oh, the best. Uh, you know, we, we enjoy doing these episodes. Uh, we're going to do The Batman. Not Batman. Not Batman Beyond. Not The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. The Batman. How do you know it's not the Batman? Do you say the the Batman? That the, doesn't sound as good. There is a rule, by the way, when you use the and the. I have no idea. You're the you're the English person, but um. I, listen, if you think coming from Greene County, Indiana, <laughs> that I've got a decent understanding of grammar beyond like a veneer, you are dead wrong, my wow. friend. Okay, thank God for editors. <laughs> <laughs> so we got no kidding. Tip one out for the editors of the world, absolutely. Uh, but we're going to jump into the Batman and not just talk about the movie itself, but get into the political ramifications because there's a lot happening in this movie. Of, of course, whenever you get into a movie, you get into a film, a piece of art, uh, whether intentional or not, it is always commenting on the moment that it exists within, that it was made. Uh, this movie, I think, is making a very specific and intentional sort of of remark on our moment and we'll get into that uh here in just a moment and sort of dissect the ideas behind there there's a, a lot of neoliberalism a lot of ideas of of justice uh class warfare and the such we'll get into all of that but before we do nick what is your what's your general take away from the batman patented better than affleck Oh, I think that's, yeah, that's undisputable. And I keep saying this, and people have heard little bits as we are saying this, but I, I have to say it again. The, the, a close-up of Pattinson just gazing off into the, with, the, with the mask on and everything is so much better acting than anything Affleck ever did, talking or otherwise. So I, I got to say that was a really welcome um, you know, change to this series is that we had a guy who could emote in a way that was subtle and interesting and kept me you know, focused on the movie despite you know, how long it was. So I completely agree. And something just occurred to me that that hadn't I hadn't thought about until right now, which is that Ben Affleck's Batman was a Batman that existed with other superheroes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like like, you know, he's interacting with Justice League, with Superman, all these different types of things. That's a different Batman. You know what I mean? That's like mm-hmm. a different character than brooding in the dark, taking on these sort of things. He existed more sort of to be around these people. And like when I was little, um, I don't know what your experience is with, with Batman. I was growing up, I was watching, um, you know, the the Adam West series on like Nickelodeon. I was, uh, I was watching Super Friends. A lot yeah. of super friends. And that Batman is different. You know, he's flying around with Superman and, and you know, having all those. Robert Pattinson, um, I thought, I think he's a good actor. I, I, I truly believe that. I've enjoyed him in a lot of different films. Um, I thought he brought a real uh, brokenness 
to this role. Uh, this is not a Batman who can coexist with the other Justice League members, which I think is why we're not going to see him with other Justice League members. Uh, I, I, I think that this is a very particular type of movie and universe for this character to exist within. I, I, I thought he was really good with the eyes, like yeah. you were saying. But that said, he does interact with Zoe Kravitz as the Catwoman in a way that there is an example of like, okay, he's sharing screen time, he's sharing, you know, whatever. But he clearly wasn't happy that she was involved in, in the actual, you know, breaking up of the, the criminal aspects of that. Well, time, time out. What, what you're dancing around is this is a Batman with sexual tension. Yeah. There yeah. is a lot of sexual tension in this Batman. There is a lot of uh, wounded individuals being very close to one another in proximity and making out on weird rooftops. I mean, they, 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 this is a... This ain't your dad's Batman. No, no. And by the way, there could even be a little bit of ambiguous sexuality here as well with it. And, you know, and it, I thought that was interesting, too. I mean, I'm sure. Do you ever see the Quentin Tarantino monologue in Sleep With Me when he talked about Top Gun being a homosexual? No, you ever said this? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's way out there. It's taken a movie like that doesn't have that in there. And, and although oh, maybe no, it does. I, I disagree with that completely. Okay. <laughs> There's been a lot of scholarship, actually. Yeah. The, the idea that, that, that it's queer text. That is that is like a big thing. Yeah. And life. actually, that, that's right. The, the, the volleyball scene is enough. Um, well, and, and, and Quentin Tarantino, that's not his realm. That's just Quentin Tarantino bullshitting. Yeah. But the, the, the academics who follow this stuff, they absolutely yeah. make a similar. By the way, are you aware that there's a whole thing about uh, the Piano Man, Billy Joel song? Have you heard of this? <laughs> I don't know. This is the piano. weekender. Okay, so I'll I'll check I'll check this out. I got it. Okay, on. check it out. It's fascinating. It's hilarious and it's interesting. And it actually like makes a lot of sense. So anyway, get back to the Batman, uh, the Batman. I'm gonna the go with Batman. the Batman because I think you know it's more of like a, a head, it pops. You know the the Batman. Um, yeah, so at any rate, uh, it was interesting because there, there definitely felt like um, a lot of levels of whether he didn't he didn't want to commit to the Catwoman uh, to help her. He wants her. Obviously, it's too dangerous. She's a woman. She can't be part of this. Whatever. He's got to protect her. Um, and then I think that also permeates into this notion of can they really even be together ever or not? And, uh, and, and that's it's certainly an open question that doesn't resolve, which is kind of nice. Well, and it's a nice sort of a thing. I got to tell you, I... Man, I, I, I went back actually the other night and I started watching The Dark Knight uh, because, of course, you know, you got to go back and see the, the seminal thing from the Christopher Nolan trilogy. First of all, it struck me how much I think I said this the other night, how much it feels like a James Bond version of Batman. All the gadgets, all the subterfuge, sneaking in here, doing that, these really, really brutal fights, all of this. Um, this particular one uh, is obviously inspired by movies like Seven. This is—it's—it's it, it's very much a, a version of that. I, you know, a lot has been made about how this is like Batman as a detective, which is really good. I, I actually enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, within all of that, like the the Nolan trilogy, really. Um, has some very strange philosophy at the heart of it that it doesn't always nail, which is what Christopher Nolan does. He puts forward a lot of interesting ideas, but they never really settle and he never really nails something. 
This one, I think you're right. I think at the heart of it is whether or not a wounded person can heal and transcend the trauma that they've gone through. And to watch that sort of interaction before between Batman and Catwoman, I thought was uh, a really interesting thing. I thought Joey Kravitz was great in this movie, by the way. And I think that their chemistry back and forth and the will they or won't they sort of a thing, I thought was a really nice basis for this, a, a much more human sort of an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I enjoyed that. I, I do have my problems with this movie, but that, that is not the problem. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and what was interesting, the James Bond stuff is also, it's always sort of been an element in that, in the Dark Knight and the Nolan stuff, uh, with all the cool gadgets and, 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 uh, with, uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, and that, but that actually existed even in the Adam West, uh, versions too. He had the cool bat belt with all the stuff on there that they could do. That was really, you know, intoxicating. So, uh, I, I do feel like even in the comic books, uh, Batman had a detective side to him where he'd be, you know, yeah. like the, and, and that goes back to Michael Keaton's Batman, where they were putting together clues and kind of figuring being smarter than everybody else and then also is the nature of the of this particular movie because they use the riddler which now requires the kind of um uh what's the thing that sherlock holmes had um element um whatever he has that um deduction you know the uh the whatever yeah. the uh heightened version of that that he can solve these riddles easily where we're i'm still thinking gosh what's the i'm still trying to actually remember what the riddler said and he's already got the answer of what what the answer is you know so that and was by always the way, good stuff i'm speaking of the riddler Paul Dano is one of my favorite actors. He kills it in this movie. Yeah. Kills it. He is perfect in it. And for those who who watch this, it it is the Riddler as the Zodiac yeah. is what it is. He he is wearing a very similar outfit to the Zodiac, a much more updated. The glasses are a dead giveaway that that's what's happening here. Paul Dano, I thought was excellent. The Riddler, I thought was a a, a wonderful villain. Perfect for this scenario. I I thought. That being said. I will say, Nick, that one of the problems with this movie is that for a movie based on riddles and based on trying to piece together things through detective work, the movie does not give the audience enough information to figure anything out. Like there's like some of the riddles you can sort of figure out the larger plot. And, and we'll get into spoilers here in just a second. The, 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 the sort of the climactic piece of action that ends this um, while kind of interesting is sort of uh, flat and on top of that, like we're not given enough to go on. There are some real storytelling sort of problems with that. I thought. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a hodgepodge of things. They're taking yep. the the, uh, the the James Bond stuff. They're taking Seven. I mean, honestly, the the the, the final set piece to me was Hurricane Katrina. Like yep. it felt like that. They're in the arena. It's flooding. We're having them from a major, you know, disaster. Uh, I really that was what I was getting. Which again, well, I don't know when we're going to get into this part of the the, the, the social, you know, uh, political aspect of this movie. But uh, it definitely is channeling a lot of those, you know, the inner city, you know, uh, crime, uh, you know, liberal cities that can't control their the crime and they control the people better. Uh, it taps into a lot of different things, and so that's what might be while the why the movie doesn't be like completely successful because it's got they're just throwing so much shit at the wall which a lot of it works i I will say but some of it ultimately you just it's just uh they could have cut about 30 minutes out of it and maybe maybe made it more um focused it would have cut 
They could have cut 30 to 40 minutes off of this thing. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon-exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question-and-answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are... Uh, really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash muckrakepodcast. We'll see everybody next week.